All rise. Court is now in session. Please sit back, relax, and prepare yourself for the big split with Katie and Valerie. We are live coast to coast in four, three, two, one. Hi, I'm Katie. Hi, I'm Valerie. Welcome to the Big Split Podcast. We're going to be talking about Britney Spears and Kevin Federline. Oh my God, that is a bad, bad, bad divorce. I think everybody knows a lot about it because they're celebrities. I think everybody's been touched by divorce. You and I have interesting... Interesting to say (laughs) the least. Some interesting divorce stories. We've both been through it. We have. And so we, you know, we can relate to this. And I think, I think everybody can. Just like you said in earlier in the kitchen, yes, any of our friends who are going through a divorce were like, you better call me before shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, there's some things you need to know. I have some critical information for you. There's a lot. I wish I wish I would have known so many things before I filed for a divorce that really could have helped in my situation. Yeah, absolutely. Oh but you know gosh. what? You get through it and you figure out what you need to do for yourself. Right. And most people move on just fine and get on with their lives and things go back to normal. And then you have people like poor Britney Spears and it takes and dragging on forever. Like 20 years for things to get back to normal. Forever, forever like it took me to get over here today. Thanks for the great directions. Oh my gosh, I give terrible directions. I am so sorry. I have no sense of direction whatsoever. It's really sad that you're my best friend and I still don't know just how to just drive over here. I'm like, get my GPS out. I swear I'm turning into one of my kids with the GPS thing. I know. Once we move from the city out to the country, it and it almost is like every time somebody plugs our address in GPS, it takes them a different direction or they get lost or they end up across the highway. I don't know what it is with Google Maps. Yeah, I, I had no to idea. call you Road N. Like, what is Road N? I'm out on some country road driving by a cemetery on Road N. I'm like, where am I? And that's like five minutes from my house. And I'm like, I have no idea where you are. <laughs> like, I'll just I keep no following clue. the GPS and end up somewhere else. And like, I feel like that might be close to my house, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> so, I mean, we all know that Brittany started out really young in her career and her parents had goals they wanted her to achieve. because They thought that she was the star. She went through the ringer. She did. I mean, it is one of the worst divorce cases that I have ever seen. It is an epic example of someone living a pretty normal life where you're free in this country. You can do what you want. And then she completely lost all of her civil liberties mm-hmm. after her divorce. It was so horrible. The world had to start a movement to help her. Everybody has bad days. Everybody falls off the wagon every now and then. But it doesn't mean that you're not capable. They really did her dirty. They did. Let's talk about Brittany and Kevin. They did have a lot in common. They did. One of the things I found that they had most in common, which probably brought them together, was they both dropped out of school in the ninth grade. And this is something that I didn't know about Brittany and Kevin, that their education stopped at the ninth grade. They missed out on a whole lot. I mean, a lot of experiences. I think when, you know, high school does teach you a lot of things, good or bad. You, you know, you have your first little heartbreak. You have social interactions that you uh, you really grow up. I mean, you learn mm -hmm. who you are in high school and college. And they both missed out on that. So I can see that was maybe one of the things connected these two together. They're around all these people that have had relatively normal childhoods and then their childhoods. Yeah, pretty similar. Pretty similar. Jamie Spears, Britney's mom, was really a force in Britney's life. She had dreams for her daughter. Her daughter was going to be a star. So she was in the entertainment industry early Interestingly, you hear in interviews where Jamie says, my friend Larry Rudolph, an entertainment attorney, is going to be who we hire. I mean, how does this mom of this really small town, they're not making a lot of money, how do they know one of the biggest moguls in the entertainment industry? Too, you're going to set all of this up for your child, then you don't expect your child to grow up and do normal kid things. They're going to do all of those same kid things that as a parent, you still have to love through and guide them. And I think that they just stopped. They did. I agree with you. I think they did just stop raising Brittany. And then I think they thought they were going to get a second chance. They just never let her grow up. They were like, okay, we, I guess, are going to have to parent Brittany for the rest of our lives. I mean, mm-hmm. who wants your parents to run the show into yeah, no. your 40s? No, it's not nice. No, it's <laughs> not nice. Kevin became Brittany's backup dancer in 2004. Kevin Federline, 
he is, in my opinion, definitely a gold digger. Yeah, there were definitely some red flags that she should have clued herself in on. When you're young and you think you're in love, you don't see those flags. That's true. No, clearly from experience, you don't see those flags. Kevin Federline must have had some serious moves for Britney Spears to be like, dude, this guy's awesome. Because at this time in his life, he was engaged, he already had a daughter, and his fiance was pregnant. Yeah, that's gross. That's the guy that you're like, you need to get away from me. Right. And she didn't. And where were her friends? Where were her parents then? I, know. I don't know that she had many friends, really. You're right. I know. She, she didn't. She was pretty isolated. I want to play a clip from an interview that Kevin Federline did in 2016. Let's hear it. So... You and Brittany end up having two kids, and you guys get married. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Brittany actually files for divorce. So after you guys split up, you had sole custody of the children. Mm-hmm. And why was that? Because uh, you don't usually see that with fathers. You like almost never see it with fathers. No, actually. I mean, we, you know, all, all I was trying to do was get fifty-fifty custody. Um, and, you know, events that unfolded over time, you know, if you want to Google them and go back and look at them, then you'll see, you know, why it turned out the way that it did. But now, none of that matters. Um, everything is cool. I'm our, you know, both of us have moved on. Our kids are doing great. Yeah. I've got a wife and two more kids. Very happy with my life right now. Um, and I mean, it still involves my exes, obviously. You know, yeah. we got kids. It's like something that. You, you have how many kids now? Six. Six kids. So you have two kids with Char, yeah, two kids crazy. with Brittany, and now two kids with your it's wife. Crazy. I didn't plan it. You right. know what I mean? How could you plan something like that? Well, one of the, one of the big things that kind of came out, you know, at the time that you guys were going through the whole, uh, you know, uh, custody thing and everything else like that, you end up winning sole custody. And it was reported that, that you were getting 20000 a month in child support. Uh, which, once again, men everywhere really were like, yo, like, <laughs> this never happens. Like, it just never happens when the courts actually give the man sole custody and actually give the man child support. Like, like you, you are like the, the poster, you're like the hero for like <laughs> single dads everywhere, like around the world right now. I've had a few come up to me and tell me how they feel about it. So I have been so excited for you to hear that quote because I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about Kevin Federline being the hero for all divorced dads out there everywhere. Yeah, the hero thing, I had a laugh at that one. Like, the hero for what? The hero for douchey dads <laughs> everywhere. Like, what? <laughs> that is so ridiculous. Right. He has six kids with three different baby mamas. He has 20,000 yeah, a month. a lawyer and- trying to get famous, like, to play right. off of some young girl who's been driven crazy by some dickhead guy like screwing with her. Exactly. <laughs> $20,000 a month in alimony and child support and we're going to be like... Yeah. That would make life. me lose my mind and do some stupid stuff. Oh my real. god. Seriously. The hero. Kevin Federline. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> he like won divorce court lottery. No, his lawyer his is lawyer. the one who was trying to do something there. Not him. Clearly he was not doing anything besides screwing everybody without a condom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so bad. So bad. So before Kevin Federline came in the picture, Britney Spears' career was really on track. Yeah, she was big. She was big. From the time she was in the Mickey Mouse Club at 11 years old. And did you know that when, uh, do you remember when she was in the Mickey Mouse Club that Justin Timberlake was on the Mickey Mouse Club with her? Yeah, I've seen pictures. I, ne- I never saw that myself, but I did see some some pictures of that. I think that's so funny because then um, then when she goes to tour with NSYNC, I think that was around 2000, then that's when they started dating when she was performing with NSYNC. And that was so fun to watch Britney, this big, huge princess of pop, movie star, celebrity, singer, dating Justin Timberlake, who was just as big at the time. Yeah. And they were cute. And too, I feel like it was a pretty healthy relationship. They were both, you know, kind of even they were doing the same things, had about the same celebrity status. Yeah. And their breakup was kind of epic, though. 
It was. It was sad. I think it was sad for a lot of people. Yeah, it was sad for a lot of people. And I feel like he did her wrong a little bit. Maybe, but, but that's young love. That is young love. But that's the stuff that she should have had during high school mm-hmm. and college experiencing those things. And now all of a sudden her like very first big love, big crush is just splashed all over the media for everyone to see. Like you can just see how this storm is brewing for Britney. Yeah, and that's devastating. And the only difference is, is we got to see that because she was a celebrity. My first love, when it ended, it was just as devastating. It was horrible. But that's nobody true. nobody saw it like we saw Britney. Right. And in 2003, do you remember when she performed Like a Virgin with Madonna at the MTV Music Awards? Yeah, but I mean, who really cares? I mean, it was scripted. True. And hers was such a big deal about Christina Aguilera's. That, that was no big deal. Maybe yeah. Britney gave it a little bit extra, but it's like, oh, if I plan to make out with you on stage, I don't know how I'm going to do it. It I just know. happens. I know. It's just that everything she did as a young person was just so publicly judged and I feel like that has to have an impact on you. So right before she met Kevin Federline, she had just released her fourth album In the Zone. Right after that in 2004 is when K-Fed comes into the scene. I mean, their relationship took off so fast. They were married by 2005. That's crazy. Then right after they got married, she already has a baby. They hadn't even been married a year and they have Sean Preston by 2006, she has her second baby, Jaden James. I mean, and two kids in two years is not fun. That is not fun. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, I have twins. So, you know, it was, you know, what it was like for me. I was mm-hmm. in the thick of it with two, two babies at once. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, And she had a lot of extra pressures just because she was in the limelight. So she's supposed to be this pretty, sexy, whatever. But she's home being pregnant, hiding herself, trying to stay out of the limelight. And guess what he's doing? Yeah, he's out partying. I mean, on their very first wedding anniversary, Kevin is in Vegas at a club. Instead of being home with his wife and two little babies, he's out on the Vegas scene just partying it up. Brittany, as any mom, wife would be, she's pissed. Yeah, he's really shown his dedication there, like just as he was so dedicated to baby mama number one. Exactly. In 2006, just one month after her second baby is born, Brit Brit, she files for divorce from K-Fed. I mean, she's so mad. Yeah, but as, as a woman, okay, so let's be Brittany for a second. You've had two kids in two years. You think you love this man. And here it is, your one-year anniversary. Where is this person? Partying in Vegas. Nowhere like to be loser. found. Yeah, nowhere to be found. How, how does that feel? Horrible. You don't do you do want to, to the... be treated that way? No, and you don't. And, it, and I mean, I can't even imagine... Him going out of town and leaving her with two little babies alone. That is so hard. Yeah, but especially like on your anniversary. Especially on, on your man. anniversary. That's, That's bad. extra. It is. So uh, as a woman, you're really, you're all in. You're, you are a thousand percent in until you are a thousand percent out. Right. And when you're is, done, you're done. Yeah. This is where she decided I'm out. I've tried. I'm out. Right. It just wasn't what she thought it was going to be. I mean, I think she had in her mind this picture of superstar career that she's decided to take a step back from for a minute. Then she wants to start a family and she has this, you know, like we all do, this vision in our mind of how our marriage is going to go with our children and you being mom and dad to these two beautiful babies. And we're going to raise this wonderful family and have little family dinners and walks in the park. And what's Kevin doing? He's not doing that. He's not there. And she stepped back from her career. I mean, Mm -hmm. she is a legend. And Kevin's a backup dancer. I'm sure she's like, what is going on? Really? I give up all this for you to have a family with you. And you can't even make it home on our one-year wedding anniversary? Yeah. So at this point, and I think any woman would feel the same or tell their best friend the same thing, like, you got to go. Like, that's not working for you. That's not good. And you deserve better. And so she finally decided I'm I'm out this is not for me yeah and which is fine I mean she has the right to do that everyone has the right to say okay my I'm done with my marriage and I want to file for divorce and that's not how it goes it always gets so fucked up it does and it's funny when people come to you and they're like oh you know this is what's going on and you're like oh let's chat because it's not going to go the way you think it is no you're not going to sit down at the kitchen table and tell your spouse that you've been married to for however long that you're ready for divorce and have that 
spouse be like, cool, let's just hold hands and walk to the courthouse and go get divorced. Then we're going to split everything and not fight about a thing and be totally mature about this situation. That's never going to happen. I mean, and if it does, call me. I want to know who you are. Right. Because that's not been my life. Has that been your life? It's not been my life. No. Then that's okay. Because, you know, we, we move on and our lives are always end up being better for it. And did you know that you don't even have to hire an attorney to get divorced? You don't. But that's providing that maybe both parties are normal. Right. Uh, but that's never the case no. because, you know, usually that's just not how it goes. No. Usually if you're leaving somebody, it's because they're not normal. Right. So they're they're going to make it hard for you because they're mad at you, which yeah. Yeah. somebody always wants to, to have a one up, which is sad because it should be about the children right. and it's not. So let's see what happens here. All right. So. Brittany is so mad that she doesn't just file for divorce. She files for sole legal and sole physical custody. Right, because where is he? He is nowhere to be found. He's nowhere to be found. And remember, he has two other kids from his previous marriage that he doesn't really see very often. So, I mean, I think they're around sometimes on the weekends. He's not really parenting them. So she probably thinks, okay, well, I'm the primary caregiver, so I'm going to file for sole custody. That's not how it works in the real world. Let's just talk about sole custody and sole physical custody for a minute. All legal custody means is that if you have sole legal custody, then you get to make all the decisions regarding your children's upbringing, like where they go to school or non-emergency medical care or any decisions that go along with raising children, you get to be the one that makes the decision. Physical custody just refers to where they live. So you can have a joint custody relationship with your ex and still one parent or the other have physical custody. And that just means that they're going to use that parent's address for school purposes. Mm -hmm. And in this case, she's thinking he's not here. He doesn't have anything to do with these kids. He's not going to want to have anything to do with this. I do all of these things anyway. Right. So she's thinking, well, this can only go one way. I'm the only one doing all of these things. Right. And I think most people think like that. I think most primary caregivers think that's the right way to do it. And that's how it goes. And if you are the one that's really raising the children. Then you file for sole custody. In order to get sole custody of your children, it's a, it's a big deal. You have to have one of three things. The other parent has to be a drug addict or an alcoholic. They have to be abusive or neglectful, or the other party has to have a mental illness. And so without any of those three factors, you can't get legal custody of your children. It's just a joint custody case. Just because you're the primary caregiver and you take care of the kids more than the other one, you don't just get to get sole custody of your kids. And I think a lot of people don't really understand that when they go to file for divorce. They don't understand that. And two, the the things that can get your children taken away are so huge. There are so many people that do get to spend time with their children that maybe shouldn't. What people don't understand is if you have the money, you can pay to play. You're right. That's exactly right. It doesn't. None of that stuff even matters. It's really the difference between the attorneys. Whoever has the better attorney. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in this case, being a celebrity case. Right. Because I'm sorry, but you don't see people who don't have a lot of money losing custody of their children. Right. It is a rich person sport. It is. And in this case, where you have people who are famous, you have lawyers who think they can gain fame off of this as well. So those lawyers are going to be 100 percent in if they're really getting paid or not, just because the case has such high notoriety. Yes, exactly. And so, Brittany, you're right. She goes and she hires a really high profile attorney. She hires Sorrell Trope, who represented Nicole Kidman and Nicolas Cage. Kevin Federline goes out and hires Mark Vincent Kaplan who is also a very high profile attorney. So at this point, I mean, neither one of them really can get sole legal custody of their children because they don't fit the profile. I mean, they don't have anything in their life. I mean, yeah, those two are out partying it up in their 20s, maybe doing some drugs and alcohol, but they're not alcoholics and drug addicts. Right. That's what every 20 year old is doing. Right. Yeah. And neither one of them at this point has been diagnosed with a mental illness and neither one of them are accusing the other one of being neglectful or abusing the children. So it shouldn't be this huge custody battle. These two attorneys should have just sat down and said, look, you two, this is a joint custody case. But no, you get two very high profile attorneys 
who want to make it super litigious because they want to get paid. If they just sit and be like, okay, Brittany and Kevin, you guys need to sit down at a coffee table here and we're going to talk about really your true options then they're going to get paid for a minute. But if they are like, look, this is what I can get for you. And this is what I can get for you making $1,500 an hour. I mean, you know, it's going to drag on for six to eight months. Let me drag it out and get paid. Let me drag it out and get paid. Like you said, it's pay to play. This is where, Valerie, I feel like if Brittany would have just picked up the phone and gave me a phone call, I could have helped her out so much here because this is going to end up being the worst year of her life. Oh, my gosh. How does this go down? She makes some bad, bad decisions. And to be honest, I blame her attorney for this. So now we're in this custody battle. Kevin Federline's attorney is saying, OK, I'm going to use the paparazzi in my favor. You know, now Britney Spears, it's her turn. She's free, Bird. She has filed for divorce. She has fired her longtime manager, Larry Rudolph. And she's all of a sudden not really talking to her parents anymore. She's feeling pretty free. And you know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. Yeah, it's nice to her disadvantage. She has everybody taking pictures and recording her. Yes, she does. What Kevin Federline's attorney does is he says, look, K-Fed, you got to just sit down, stay at home not go partying because in a divorce custody case, people can use that against you. Britney Spears, your soon-to-be ex-wife, she's out showing her booty all over town. She's going out. She gets shot with the paparazzi pictures of her without wearing underwear. She is just partying it up right now. I would say that the press just crucified her for this. Because really what we wanted to see and what what I'm sure the judge is seeing everything that's in the media and getting affected by what he's seeing her acting like this crazy party girl. And then Kevin Betterline is at home with his children. I mean, we wanted to see Brittany going to the organic market, buying organic apples, going home, making organic applesauce for her two little babies, going, taking them to the zoo and taking them on walks and just looking like a good mom. But Britney Spears is a celebrity who has made millions of dollars off of her image of this sexy party girl. Right. And now she thinks it's the time that she can be out and do all these things because now she's not in this relationship. And what's sad is that he was out doing all of these things when they were together, which caused the divorce. So she's just thinking, oh, I can go out now. I don't have to worry about staying home and trying to be this this person and this mother and this wife. Now I can be me. And she's in her 20s. So of course, if she has the night off, she probably hasn't had in months. She's going to be like, I'm going to go out with my friends and have a really great night in in the middle of a custody battle. That's not good advice. Her lawyer really should have told her you need to stay out of the paparazzi. You need to stay at home. You need to, in the eyes of the media, do things, air quotes, mom things that moms do. And I really think she was tried in the court of public opinion. It it was rough for her. And the media pressure was really, really, really getting to her. And the judge in their case, he ordered that both of them be drug tested because they were both party people and they were both accusing each other of being high and drunk around the kids. So the judge orders both Brittany and K-Fed to be drug tested 24 hours before each of the kids came home to each of their houses. In February of 2014, I think all the pressure of the custody battle, she's still working. She releases an album right after this. I think that the pressure of the paparazzi just really got to her. And she checks herself into a mental hospital on Valentine's Day, February 14th. 24 hours later, she checks herself out. She drives herself to a salon and she asks a hairdresser to shave her head. The hairdresser's like, no way. Absolutely not. I mean, could you imagine like Britney Spears pulls up to your hair salon and you're the hairdresser and she asks you and there's millions of paparazzi all around and she says, I want you to shave my head. Yeah, that can sound a little bit out there, but you know, that could be a symbol for a metamorphosis, a change, a fresh start. And checking yourself into a mental health facility should not be deemed as something bad or wrong. That's saying I need a little help here. I'm in I'm in a little bit of a crisis. This is a lot for me to handle. And that should not be deemed as wrong or bad that should actually be praised because she had the capacity to recognize that she was going through she a difficult a time help. yeah and she needed help i have a different theory for you as to why she shaved her head 
not that she was going through a little bit of trouble and needed a little help and going a little crazy. I think someone told her that they were going to order her hair to be drug tested and try to paint her as a long-term drug abuser. Because remember, that's one of the factors that you can lose your kids from. Right now, they're there's nothing there to lose sole custody True. of your children. So I think that she was afraid that they were going to drug test her hair and try to paint her into being this longtime drug abuser. I think she got out of the mental hospital. She went and shaved her head to prevent any hair follicles from being able to be drug tested. Because I think they were trying to use that against her to try to take her kids away from her. I'm sorry, but hair is hair. Who cares how you wear your hair? She has millions of dollars. She can just buy a wig. That's why I don't buy this mental breakdown of Britney and shaving her head is this mental breakdown. I think she was a mother that was terrified of losing her children. I would do anything for my children. I would definitely shave my head for my children. Oh, absolutely. If I was worried that someone was going to try to do something that I knew that wasn't true and paint me to be a drug abuser. I have not done drugs in my past, but... Maybe if I had done a few drugs here and there. I think that a lot of people like high school through college years, recreational drugs is just kind of what happens. You're experimenting. You're doing different things because you can. Yeah. Do you know where she went right after she shaved her head? Where? She went to KFED's house where her kids were. Oh. And she just wanted to see her children. I think that she was like, look, you really wanted to try that? see what I did because mm. if she was really crazy and having this mental breakdown I don't think she would have headed her ex-husband's house I think she did to be like look you're really gonna try this look what I did mm-hmm. that's that's what I think happened so she shows up at his house and he calls the police he calls his attorney and it turns into this crazy media circus again poor Brittany already has the paparazzi following her and now they're following her to Kevin Federline's house I think if Kevin Federline could have just answered the door and just let his ex-wife in, things wouldn't have gotten so bad for Brittany. He was so mean to her that night, I feel like, by not just letting her go in and see her two little kids. Yeah, just to get a hug, just to see your babies. And, you know, I'm here and everything's okay. And it's fine. And I, I do think that people take out that simple conversation. If you can be in a place and have a simple, real conversation about what's going on and what you need and what they need, I think that it can be pretty easy once people decide that they want to be ahead and they want to win. Then it's just a battle. It's a battle of the sexes. It's not about let's get together and talk about what we need to do for our children. It's about let me see how I can win and you can lose. Yeah, it's, you know, it's race. And, And there was a lot of money on the line, too. There was a lot of money on the line. Can you imagine your ex-husband showing up at your house, wanting to see your children, and they've done something as drastic as Brittany did as yeah. shaving their head? Oh, my god! I think I might have been a little scared of that one as well. Yeah, but I think he caused it. I think he said that he was going to drug test her hair, and she just didn't understand that they were never going to be able to make her into being a a drug addict just by doing that. I think, too, that has to do a little bit with being young because things seem really scary, and you don't know how they can end up. And so she did take a drastic measure and shave her head, which might seem totally off the wall. But to her, she was like, oh, Well, I can stop that right there. I'll just ditch the hair. Right. So that's what I think happened. After that, Kevin Federline didn't accuse Brittany of being mentally ill. He didn't do anything. You know what happened right after that? Hmm. They settled their divorce. Joint custody. Yes. Oh, because because then he couldn't nail her. That's what I think happened. So they settled on joint custody? Yep. Right after that, the month after that. And what did that entail? I couldn't find really anything out there on the specifics of their divorce decree. I don't think their judgment's ever been made public. But all I do know is that they settled on joint custody and probably a pretty normal parenting plan at that point would be my guess. Because like I said, without those three things, you really don't have a case for sole custody. So they had to settle for joint custody. Now things are looking actually pretty good for Brittany. She's divorced. The custody battle's over. And she's free. She's moving on with her life. Remember I told you she filed her longtime entertainment manager, Larry Rudolph, the one they hired back in 1999 that got her career up and running. And she hires this new guy. And his name is Sam Lefty. I think she's thinking right now that this is the very first time in her life where she's ever been able to be completely free. 
She's really not speaking to her parents very much. They don't seem to have a lot of control over her life right now. So she's coming to her own. Yes. Yeah, she's she's now divorced. She has a good plan with her ex-husband. Her She's in a good place. Her kids are in a good place. And growing up from a girl to a young woman to a woman, she's gaining control and she wants control over her own life. So naturally, she should take control of her own things. Yes. And she's just hired this brand new manager and they're working on a new album together. This manager is not controlled by her parents. I think that she's feeling like life is wonderful. I mean, she's really feeling free. That only lasts a minute for her. Only last girl. I know. I know. Because you know who's not happy? Hmm. Her dad. Her dad, Jamie Spears, is not happy that he's been cut out and he's not making any money because he doesn't have any. Because they managed her completely when she was a child and they were getting paid. Right. With this new manager, her parents don't have any control over what she does and they don't have any control over her money. So now they're not included. So they're not included. Just a couple months after Everything seems to be going great for Brittany and her life has really turned around. She's out of this custody battle. She has custody of her kids. She's hired a new manager. She's working on a new album. Her dad comes to town and he puts her on a involuntary psychiatric hold and her life completely falls apart. How old was she? Because I thought that you had to be under 18 for that to happen. I don't know exactly how old you have to be in California, but I know that Jamie Spears put her on a 5150 hold, which means that she was involuntarily committed to a mental hospital. By her father. By her father. That's horrible. For what? Bad dad. Bad dad. (laughs) God, I mean, seriously. I want to play a clip. It's Britney Spears talking to the judge after her dad has her committed. And after they've entered into this conservatorship, we'll talk about in a minute. I want to play this clip for you so you can hear where she's at and what she's thinking. I'd I'd like to hear her voice in this. So I remember telling my assistant, but you know what? I feel weird if I say no. I feel like they're going to come back and be mean to me or punish me or something. Three days later, after I said no to Vegas, my therapist sat me down in a room and said he had a million phone calls about how I was not cooperating in rehearsals and I haven't been taking my medication all of this was a false. He uh, he immediately the next day put me on lithium out of nowhere. He took me off my normal meds I'd been on for five years. And lithium is a very, very strong um, and completely different medication compared to what I was used to. You can go mentally impaired if you take too much, if you stay on it longer than five months. But he put me on that and I felt drunk. I really couldn't even take up for myself. I couldn't even have a conversation with my mom or dad really about anything. I told them I was scared and I, my doctor had me on six different nurses with this new medication come to my home, stay with me to monitor me on this new medication, which I never wanted to be on to begin with. There were six different nurses in my homes and they wouldn't let me get in my car to go anywhere for, for a month. Not only did my family not do a goddamn thing, my dad was all for it. Anything that happened to me had to be approved by my dad and my dad only reacted like he didn't know that I was told I had to be tested over the Christmas holidays before they sent me away when my kids went to home to Louisiana. He was the one who approved all of it. My whole family did nothing. Over the two-week holiday, a lady came into my home for four hours a day, sat me down, and did a psych test on me. It took forever. But I was I was told I had to then, after that I got off, oh, um, wait, I was told I had to then, after I got a, a phone call from my dad saying, after I did the psych test with this lady, basically saying I had failed the test or whatever, uh, whatever. Um, I'm sorry, Brittany, you have to listen to your doctors. They are planning to send you to a small home in Beverly Hills to do a small rehab program that we're going to make up for you. You're going to pay $60,000 a month for this. I cried on the phone for an hour and he loved every minute of it. The control he had over someone as powerful as me, as he loved the control to hurt his own daughter 100,000%. He loved it. So that was Britney Spears talking to the judge after her dad had got her committed. And then this whole conservatorship happened. And we'll talk about the conservatorship in a minute. But can you believe your life finally getting on track and then your dad rolls into town? No, and comes and railroads you. And then how did he even gain control over her medical and and being able to converse with her doctor saying, no, let's change her meds, let's do this, and gaining control of her medication? I'm going to tell you how that all happened in a minute. And buckle up, because it is a ride. Because really, I mean, if you're on any meds, that's a fine cocktail that has taken time to get 
just right specifically for you and abruptly changing that can absolutely change a lot of things about your behavior. Yes, exactly. To back up a minute, Britney Spears had gone over to Kevin Federline's house with a shaved head and still a month later, her dad shows up into town. Britney is supposed to have an exchange with Kevin Federline and for the kids. And for some reason, Britney locks herself in the bathroom with the kids. I don't know exactly what happened, but it turned into, again, another crazy media zoo with the police involved. You know how exchanges go with exes. They're difficult. So difficult. I've dropped my kids off before when they were young. And of course, they're crying. It's hard. They're saying goodbye to one parent. They're going to another. They never want to leave. They don't understand. And as a parent, you see your children crying and hurting. And you just, you need a minute. You need a minute to hug them and love them, tell them it's going to be okay. And it's, it's very hard to let them go in those situations. Right. Well, at the end of this exchange... Brittany gets put on a stretcher and gets dragged out of her house into an ambulance and taken to a mental hospital. Wow. Her dad gets somehow a 5150 involuntary 72-hour psychiatric hold. And why would you do that to your child? You would would think that he would just say, come here. You're safe here. Your kids are going to be okay. We're going to get through this night. We're going to go to dinner. Everything's going to be okay. And as a dad, just be a dad. Right. Where was Kevin Federline? I know Britney Spears, my ex-wife, is not crazy. Fine, the kids can stay with her tonight. We'll deal with this shit in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't need to be... I mean, where was he? I don't understand why he wasn't like, really? We're not going to take her to a mental hospital just because she doesn't want to give the kids back to me today. That's insane. So instead, her dickhead dad does this. In her dickhead. And you can see from that clip we just listened to how mad she is at her dad and how much she... And two, she knows her dad. So by her saying he loved every minute of it, she knows as her daughter, he was loving every minute of that. He was, you know, he was. And you and I know from experience about controlling individuals and when people just get a little bit of control over your Mm -hmm. life. And you end up seeing the motive behind it is to control the money. Is to control the money. Brittany's in this involuntary psychiatric hold while she's at the hospital and Jamie Spears, he goes to the judge and he says, I want control of my daughter's money and control of her life. So he files for a conservatorship. What that means is that he's asking the court to appoint him as the guardian to manage all of Brittany's financial affairs and her daily life. And this is typically limited to geriatric people. Like in my mind, conservatorship would be granted to like 90 year old man who's 20 year old wife that everybody knows is a gold digger. He has millions of dollars and the family is getting involved because they're really concerned about their 90 year old grandpa marrying this 20 year old woman who's all of a sudden spending all their money. So then one of the kids would come in, apply for a conservatorship, and they would have control over their financial affairs and their daily life. This is not typically granted to people who are of sound mind. Brittany has a full-time job at this point. She's managing her finances just fine. Yeah, she's holding down a lot. She's doing a lot of things. Right. Her dad, while she was in the psychiatric hospital against her will, has a physician who probably he paid off named Edward Spar evaluate Brittany. Do you know what he diagnoses her with? What? Dementia. Dementia? Dementia. You know, we were just talking about how, or she was talking about how they had changed all of her meds. Abruptly changing somebody's meds is going to change how you think, how you speak, how you act, because your body has to adjust to them, which is a fine cocktail of what specifically works for you. So any doctor should have looked at her medication over the past six months, saw this big change and said, oh, well, here is the cause of our problem here. If I think anything is going on with her and I think I'm thinking of dementia, let me take a look at her meds. Right. Exactly. She's on drugs like lithium. I mean, in my opinion, her parents have probably put her on uppers and downers before shows, after shows, given her medication. Who knows what her diagnosis is, but it's definitely not dementia. No, not dementia. I think that's very poor by that doctor to even go in that direction with her because he should be able to look at her past and see all the things that she's done and she's capable of. She can manage a lot. This is a smart girl who has made her way through Hollywood as a child, moving into a young adult, 
yeah, there's some slips and this and that, but okay, who doesn't have that? I mean, look at Justin Bieber. He, you know, he went down a slippery slope for a minute, but he was a kid and he grew into an adult. If he spent a lot of money in that process, okay. If he did some stupid shit in that process, okay. You have to let that person go through their own life. Right. And I think that Brittany was doing fine and she was allowed to make her mistakes. She lost her fortune. She lost her fortune. Mm -hmm. That's her problem. I mean, that's her problem to solve. She is an adult and adults make mistakes and we have to deal with those consequences and we have to deal with the mistakes we make. But to have your dad come in because he's worried that. Yeah, he's but not he was gonna... a part of it since she was young. Yeah. So, yeah, he still wants his part in it. Now. He still wants his part in it. He really ruined her life. Poor Brittany. He really planned this out. He was really thoughtful and methodical about the way that he did this. Jamie Spears probably caused the whole drama with Brittany hiding in the bathroom with her children, not wanting to go to an exchange with her ex-husband because that was something that he could use to cause her to be on this 5150 involuntary hold. If I had to guess, I would think he was probably behind it. Well, that and it's not a fatherly protective response. A parental response when your child is in crisis is to be like, we're good. We're not feeling good in here. We're going to be out in a minute. Everything's fine. And to protect your child in that situation, if she's having a hard time letting go of her children on that day at that time, you want to protect your own child in that situation and help them get past it. Like, right. we're going to go to dinner. Everything's going to be okay. She's not feeling good right now. We're on our way. Right. And that didn't happen is just because it was all motivated by money. He didn't really care about his daughter he just cared about the money. So he really thought this out. This was really, really, really well planned because typically when you file to be somebody's conservator, that person gets five days to be able to come to court and get their own attorney and defend themselves and to wait why they don't need to be in a conservatorship. But since Britney Spears was in a mental facility, when Jamie filed this with the court, the judge in the case waived the five-day process for Brittany. Oh, he was trying to be smooth with it. That does sound like he knew what he was doing. Right. Brittany did not get to get out of the mental facility and hire her own attorney. And that's crazy that the judge allowed that because it was her right. Those were her rights to have those five days to have an attorney. And he just said, oh, we don't need to do that. Right. And you and I both know how judges work. They don't have to follow the law. No, they it's whatever they want. It's whatever yeah. they want. Jamie Spears comes to court and he says that people are having too much influence over Britney. And he's talking about Britney's new manager and Britney's new boyfriend at the time. He tries to set it up in a scenario, like I said before, where the 90 year old man has married the 20 year old woman. They're going after his money, he's draining all their money. Yes. And this is not the case. So he tries to set it up to where Britney's new manager and her new boyfriend are taking advantage of her financially. And now, look, she has dementia. And she's incapacitated and she can't think for yeah, herself. Since he's changed all of her meds. Mm -hmm. Since he's changed all of her meds. And she can't think for herself, Judge. So you need to grant me conservatorship over Brittany and her estate immediately. And we need to appoint her a lawyer of your choosing rather than give her the chance to get her own lawyer and contest this. And that's what the judge does. It's really sad because things that you never think can happen, happen all the time. And it, it's so sad because you, you look at a situation and you're like, oh, this would never happen. Like, I'm doing all these things. We're, I'm doing them the right way. Nothing can go wrong. And then all of a sudden, somebody you don't even know is like, oh, no, I don't think so. I think we're going to do this. Right. Can you imagine walking out of that mental institution and thinking you're going to go back to your normal life and everything's going to be fine? And then you find out that your dad has complete control. Oh, I would be so mad. I would, <laughs> I would literally die. Mm -mm. I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, he has control over everything. She can't spend her money without his permission. She can't use her credit cards with her permission. She can't drive and her, her mom, car. Her mom really managed all of her stuff. Her dad was not even involved. So this is really just out of nowhere. A man who feels like maybe he's been shaded yeah. trying to get his hands in the pot. Right. And he did it so sneaky and so calculated. Yeah, he was advised. He was advised, right? <laughs> Somebody came up with this plan yes. and said, this is how you're going to do it. This is how you're going to get control over your daughter's empire. And meanwhile, through all of this, she's still trying to do the things that she needs to do. She's still working. She's still trying to set up jobs. She's still trying to make, make the most out of what is left of this shambled shit right. that has been going on. Right. 
So she walks out of the mental hospital and she finds out that she's in this conservatorship and she goes and tries to hire her own attorney. She's successful. And this other attorney knows about the five days, thinks that everything is going to be fine, goes up to court. And that's when they really find out that she can't hire her own attorney. It's already all done. She's locked in this conservatorship and her new attorney is Sam Ingram and he was court appointed. So Brittany makes a phone call to this attorney that's now supposed to be representing her in her best interest, and she doesn't want to be in the conservatorship. So I want you to hear what she says to her new court-appointed attorney. Okay, let's hear it. At 12.29 a.m. Hi, my name is Brittany Sears. Um, I called you earlier, um, but I'm calling again because I just wanted to make sure um, during the process of ending the conservatorship that um, my father certainly suffered harm to, um, you know, he'll take my children away. I just want to be guaranteed that everything will be fine with the process of um, you guys taking care of everything and um, things just being the same as far as my um, custodial time. Wow. So that is so impactful for me because she's has no idea really what's going on. I mean, if I walked out of a hospital tomorrow and someone told me before I had done all this research about the conservatorship and Britney Spears, I would have no idea what they were talking about. No. And the thing is, is she's not worried about any money. She's not worried about millions of dollars. She's worried about her children. Yeah. And she does. They, they take her kids away. That's it. Then she loses custody of her kids because of this. Again, because of her dad. Because of her dad. I would never speak to my dad again if he did any of this to me. I mean, I mean, murder wouldn't be off the table for me if this <laughs> happened to me. Literally. And to have your dad do it, like, what a, what a slap in the face of somebody who's supposed to be for you. And then you have this person diligently working against you. And yes. And you've worked so hard to get this joint custody arrangement with your children fought this long custody battle and then have your dad swoop in, put you in a mental hospital, become your conservator who has complete control of your life. And then you end up losing custody of your kids. Yeah, that would be a no go for me. I would literally kill someone. So let's talk about this conservatorship. What does this entail for Brittany? This means that, like I said before, Brittany has no control over her life. She's lost all of her civil liberties. Her dad gets to be in charge of every single thing she does. He gets to be in charge of what medication she takes, what medication she doesn't take. If she wants to leave the house and go get a hamburger with her friends, she has to ask his permission. If she wants to go on a date with someone, he gets to decide if that person is someone she can go on a date with. He tells her if she has $10 in her wallet, if she can spend that $10 and how she can spend it. The biggest thing is that he decides when she sees her children. Mm. This is how he really controls her, right? Because she's going to do anything to see her kids. Yes. As a mom, I would do anything. She doesn't follow his rules and do what he says. Then she doesn't get to see her kids. But meanwhile, I mean, I don't know a lot about this. I'm not big on social media. I'm not really up to date with things like this that are going on. But I do know that she was performing her ass off in Vegas. She was still doing all of these things to keep herself present to still be making money. You're exactly right. And somebody who needs a conservator, it is. Yeah, they're not who, capable of that. They're not capable of that. They're not capable of providing the basic needs to themselves, like how to manage their money, how to take care of themselves and their health, how to live a normal life. And Britney Spears had shown that through her whole life that she was capable of doing those things. But you're right, Valerie, 2013 to 2017, she did the Piece of Me Vegas tour and she did 248 shows. It sold almost a million tickets. Yeah, that seems pretty capable. Yeah. And she made a almost $140 million. Wow. And then in 2018, she did nine countries. And so that, she's capable of traveling the world and doing all these things, but she's not capable of controlling her day-to-day -day. yeah or buying a burger or okay. buying a burger this makes sense it makes sense <laughs> and so I know I mean I can't imagine what her life was like I can't imagine waking up in the morning and being like I really don't want to perform this weekend I want to fly home I want to see my kids well I really being able to persevere through that and actually physically making it out of that is incredible it is incredible yes it is take me and put me in that situation, I would have absolutely never been able to hold down a career after oh, no. 
I would have been a basket case. I would have been a basket case. No. And she was able to still. Like she did. She really did the best she could with what she had. She did. That's commendable. She did. She's been under so much constraint her whole life. And she had so many people telling her what to do every minute and every second that I just. I, I just can't imagine not being free for 13 years. No, and I don't really think people knew the gravity of what was going on. But I think when they found out, because that's when I started learning about her whole situation was when they did the whole movement. And I did start seeing things just pop up just when I would glance onto Instagram or something like that. And that's when I learned about it. I didn't really realize it had been going on for so long. I think in 2008, I believe that was the year that the Free Britney movement started. They really did a good job of painting those people as conspiracy theorists. I think there was just a few people out there that all of a sudden were like, what the fuck is going on with Britney Spears getting put in a mental hospital and then all of a sudden being in a conservatorship? People back then were like, this is wrong. No way, Jose. I do remember seeing a couple pictures of her dad just pimped out. Yes. He was just pimped out, looking like he's the man in his suits and his watches and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And Do you know the first thing he did when he became Britney's conservator? What? He hired the old manager back. Oh, wow. I know. Of yeah. course. Somebody right? he knew. Somebody who, who had control. a little bit more ends on and had all of her information. Mm -hmm. And basically told Britney, okay, you want to see your kids? Then you have to work. You have to go on tour and make money. And she just did whatever he said. And like I said, there was a group of people and they were painted to be conspiracy theorists because Jamie Spears really did a good job saying that those people were nut jobs and they were crazy. And so they were really silenced and it didn't really become big until 2018 when she decided that she was she was done. She was tired. She didn't want to do the Vegas tour anymore. She wanted to go home and see her kids. That really when the Free Britney movement became a huge worldwide movement is because do you know what her dad did when she said that she didn't want to do the Vegas tour? What? He put her back in a mental institution. Wow. Yeah. I think the saddest part about all of this is that a judge couldn't see through all of that. At the same time, we don't know what judges are getting paid, who they're getting paid by, where that money's coming from or going. We don't see those things. But for a judge to have all of this in front of him, see what she's doing, what she's capable of, how she is actually managing her own life. And to still say, you're not capable of choosing for yourself. And, and that's, that's really sad. And it's really sick. All of this that we put into judges' hands, and they're not regulated by anybody. Nobody is looking over them, reviewing their cases, saying this is right, this is not right. It's really sick to think that a judge was overseeing all of this for so long and just going along with it. I know that begs the question, was that judge paid off? Going back, Brittany has this attorney, Sam Ingram, who is on a gravy train. He has no interest in helping her get out of her conservatorship. Why would he? He's supposed to be her attorney. Yeah, he's getting paid. But he's getting paid. And so if the conservatorship ends, then he doesn't get a paycheck anymore. After the conservatorship was over and we look back to see how much this attorney made, he made $3 million. How much did her dad make during all of this? Her dad made, he gave sorry, himself. What did he take? Yeah, what did he take? I think he made $2 million from each tour. And then he paid himself this whole time. He was paying himself a salary of $16,000 a month. Are you kidding me? No, $16,000 a month just for being Britney's manager. And, she and, already and had that's a manager. That's, that's just somebody taking somebody's money. It is. It is. And so you have you have an attorney that's court appointed, Sam Ingram and attorneys, they volunteer in the court system to be able to be court appointed conservators. So what this means for these attorneys that volunteer is that the judge will appoint them and then they are supposed to do what's in their client's best interest. Well, what he has to do is he has to ask the conservator Every time he works for Brittany, conservator, which is Jamie, has to authorize whether he gets paid or not. So it's in this dude's best interest not to piss off Jamie Spears. Well, his job is to get paid. So what is he going to do to get paid? 
He's supposed to represent what Britney Spears wants and needs are in the conservatorship. But in order to do that, he first has to ask Jamie. So to keep the money flowing, he has to have a relationship with her father. With her father, Mm -hmm. which is And the judge just keeps saying, this is okay. This This is is fine with me. Maybe this judge was paid off and maybe he wasn't paid off. I think the precedent in the legal system was nobody has had ever gotten out of a conservatorship before. And so there was Because everybody's 100 if they're in it. Exactly. And now this is just something that was new. It never been done before. You have a celebrity that has this crazy diagnosis of dementia. Now, how do you get out of it? How do you get out of the conservatorship? Well, you get a new judge and you get a new attorney. And a new judge has to have, since there is a finding in the court system, she has a mental illness that's on record with the court. So now this new judge has the wherewithal to say, you're right, something's not right here. So she says, okay, let's do a new evaluation by a new doctor. And that's finally how she gets out. Sam Ingram steps down and resigns as her attorney. And she has this new evaluation done because you're right. Judge Brenda Penny's like, what the fuck? Clearly, she doesn't need to be a conservatorship, but we need to get a legal way out of it for her because she can't just say, okay, conservatorship over. Now, since there's been a finding, that's yeah, already you have to go court. back through the yeah. legal system and play by those rules. Play by those rules. Mm-hmm. Finally, Sam Ingram knows that his time with Britney is over. At this point, the world is screaming. The Free Britney movement is on fire. People are protesting in the streets. They are lighting up social media. They are screaming as loud as they can, telling everybody who will listen that Britney has been in this conservatorship and that was wrong and she needs to be out of the conservatorship. She needs to be free. I really think without that, without those people screaming like that, I don't think it ever would have ended because that puts so much pressure on this new judge to be like, okay. I'm not going to go down in flames in the Mm -hmm. media or keeping Britney Spears in the conservatorship with the whole world watching and everybody knowing that this is completely ridiculous. So how many years was she actually in the conservatorship? 13 years. And then so it was over after 13 years. Yes. I'll play a clip right now of Matthew Rosen, Britney's new attorney, immediately after the conservatorship has ended. I'm just going to make a brief statement. As most of you, I think, know, Judge Penny today after a hearing, decided to agree with Britney Spears. And as of today, effective immediately, the conservatorship has been terminated as to both the person and the estate. This conservatorship was corrupted by James P. Spears. James P. Spears, as we all know, from public records, public records took anywhere from three to four million dollars from the estate. He took a salary from the estate. He took a percentage of his daughter's earnings from Las Vegas and otherwise. Many people have asked about whether we will continue to investigate Mr. Spears. The answer ultimately is up to my client, Brittany. That's a tough one, because on one hand, I would want to drag that man through the ringer, get every dollar back and just make his life hell like he had made her life hell. And I I'm definitely an eye for an eye kind of person. And so I think I would want to travel down that road. But on the other hand, just to have peace, to step away and just say, absolutely no longer a part of my life. I, I don't know which one I would do, but, you know, for her to survive that. I hope that she can move on from this in a positive way. And I hope that her life is what she wants it to be. Can you imagine basically starting completely over at 40? Not just in a way that, you know, you and I know of starting over right after a divorce. I mean, she has not she's basically been under house arrest for 13 years. And now all of a sudden she's out and she's free and she gets to do whatever she wants. And she's had people telling her what to do whole life, not just for the past 13 years, but her whole life. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. 
No, I, I mean, I would be so happy. I think that she's going to maybe look at things before she puts it out there or consider an action before she does it and see where that's going to land her. I think she's had two men in her life that have been extremely manipulative. And she saw her dad just kind of play off of what was working for Kevin Federline and do the same thing to her again. Both men were looking for money and fame out of it, just, you know, hanging on to the coattails of somebody else, which is sad. I, I think that she should call me. Maybe I can set her up with some decent people in her life. I think there's so many people who just want to talk to Brittany and be like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for you. I can help you. I think there's clearly with the free Britney movement, there's millions of people around the world that just want to tell Britney Spears how sorry we are that this happened to you. And we really feel for you and give her a big hug. The whole world showed up for her. That's remarkable. That's humanity at its best. Yeah, I am excited to see what she does with this next chapter of her life. And we kind of get a glimpse into seeing what Brittany wants when she reads this letter to Judge Brenda Penny. And this is the new judge. This is the new judge. I think that's, oh, and I would like to progressively move forward and I want to have the real deal. I want to be able to get married and have a baby. I was told right now in the conservatorship, I'm not able to get married or have a baby. I have a um, ID inside of myself right now so I don't get pregnant. I wanted to take the ID out so I could start trying to have another baby, but this so-called team won't let me go to the doctor to take it out because they they don't want me to have children, any more children. Um, so basically this conservatorship is doing me way more harm than good. Um, I, I deserve to have a life. I've worked my whole life. I deserve to have a two to three year break and just, you know, do what I want to do. Um, but I do feel like um, there is a crunch here and I feel like um, I feel open and I'm okay to talk to you today about it, but I I wish I could stay with you on the phone forever because when I get off the phone with you, all of a sudden, all of I hear, I hear all these no's, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden I get, I feel ganged up on and I feel bullied and I feel left out and alone. And I'm tired of feeling alone. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does by having a child, a family, any of those things and more so. Um, and that's all I wanted to say to you. And thank you so much for letting me speak to you today. That's so sad. That's so sad. I just want to cry. Oh, my gosh. ID. And it, yeah, you know, it's, it's an, an IUD. It's an I, no. <laughs> but that's OK. That's OK. I hope she gets to have another baby. I hope I hope she gets to start over and live the life that she dreamt of having. And, you know, I think that she should just be allowed to do whatever she does. If it's good, if it's bad, if it's crazy, whatever, let her be, let her do her thing and just see how it turns out. Right. As an adult, you have to make mistakes and you have to be able to fix those mistakes. Nobody's perfect. You're always going to be doing things that you regret, doing things that you need to fix. That's just part of being an adult. So. Let her be an adult now. I'm really excited to see what she does in this next chapter of her life. We'll have to keep watching her. I don't know if you've seen her TikToks. I think she does maybe need to hire herself a social media manager because, I mean, she's she's been, she's not been free for a long time. So. I'll have to check it out. Honestly, I, I have not looked. I don't follow her on anything, so I'll look it up. I'll have to see. You'll have to see. I think she does need a little help. She is struggling, but like I said, it's her life now. She gets to make her own decisions and yeah. live with her choices and consequences. Did I tell you that her lifetime crush is Brad Pitt? Oh, I watched this interview with Diane Sawyer and I don't know how Diane Sawyer got it, but she had the framed picture of Brad Pitt oh, that God. Britney Spears keeps at her <laughs> bedside table. Honestly, I don't know if she can land Brad Pitt, but <laughs> I think that there's probably a lot of men who are interested in her. So maybe she'll, maybe she'll have some, some Pitt better doesn't men doesn't want to have any more children. I'm telling you. That. Yeah, no, he has enough. <laughs> and anybody that heard this interview that's thinking of dating Britney, like starting over having babies. Yeah, that's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's, it probably did lower her pool of potential boyfriends at this point. Maybe she just needs a down home, somebody who is not involved in any of this to, you know, in any celebrity kind of life, just to be a good guy, to stay at home right. and just be a good man to right. her. Right. And never talk to her dad again. Oh, no, he's out. He's, he's gone. He's out. Oh, my gosh. 
Do you remember when Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie first got together and everyone called them Bradgelina? Oh, it's so gross. Oh my God. <laughs> Didn't like every boyfriend you ever had, like you tried to mix and you match did. your name? Yeah. In my head, I'm like, oh, that's really tacky. But okay, wait, let me, let me, how does this sound? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we did that with every single boyfriend. And do you remember the nickname we gave to your boyfriend? Yes, I do. Should we say it? Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh my God. We nicknamed him Jeff Arena. Jeff Arena, the drama queen, Jeff Arena. Who wants no drama? <laughs> who who is a, all the drama? He's a huge drama queen. And after that, his, <laughs> after Bradgelina, he, got nicknamed Jeff Arena and still to this day was like 20 years ago yes. we did this still call him Jeff we Arena. still call him Jeff Arena yeah maybe not 20 maybe 10 I think you're taking me back too far <laughs> <laughs> we're not that old no oh my gosh all right we'll tune in next week if you want to hear about Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's divorce I am sure it's gonna be a disaster I mean how many kids did they have a lot so many too many and and just not even all of them were their own they like adopted kids and stuff yeah, there's a lot of people involved in this one. And, and yeah, it's poor kids. I know nothing about it. So I'm super excited to get out there and read about it and find out what crazy fucked up situation those two got themselves in. Yeah. Gosh. Okay, but I'm going to have to have some better directions next week. Maybe old school, just get on this highway, turn left at this road. All right, Val, I will get out my map from 1975 and I will go through street by street turn by turn and I will fax it to you well I know there's only like three turns but I took like 20 so we need to do better (laughs) gotcha I will I promise I'll get you here next week better (laughs) free Britney Spears (laughs) free Britney free Britney (laughs) 